is going on live chat tour championship very fascinating event the world of golf is on fire things are happening business is booming let's get to it this next hour or so uh this is your time anything you want to talk about tour championship i i really don't care if you want to talk uh betting you want to talk about fantasy ownership pivots day I, I, whatever you want to talk about throw it in the chat we'll get through as many as possible this week Final events on the PGA Tour schedule, then only two weeks off, shortest offseason in all of sports. Get back at it for the Fortinet Championship. Then we've got the President's Cup. Lots more great stuff coming. Let's go. Hank says, who are your favorite betting plays, including starting strokes? Any value in uh, Cantlay or Xander in your opinion? Okay, Hank. Um, so I pulled up the grid here just so we can look at the odds together. This is uh, via odds checker. So... I, I, I believe I've made a couple of bets here. Uh, I want to say I bet, did I bet Cantlay and Xander? No, I don't think I did that. I think I bet, I definitely bet Cantlay. I definitely bet Tony Finau. So the way that I kind of look at this is, um, Cantlay has been phenomenal. Obviously he defended last week. He's playing great. Scotty Scheffler has been, uh, very, very good, but I still worry a bit about the flat stick. I don't really want to bet him at plus 225, especially because the two-shot lead, not that great. Cantlay also got a two-shot cushion, right? So that's kind of the low-key thing about Will Zyle Torres uh, having to withdraw from this event is he gets slotted out of the minus seven. So now it's Scheffler too clear of Cantlay, Cantlay too clear of Xander. I actually think that's kind of more important than the two shots from Scotty to Patrick Cantlay. So I, I, I bet Cantlay, I think I got it at four to one, something like that. And then I bet Tony Finau. Tony Finau is, and I think I got it at like 28 to one, which is a really good number. Uh, that is to me about the furthest guy back with a reasonable chance to win, right? I mean, sure. Can Colin Morikawa make up nine shots? I suppose it is conceivable. Uh, maybe one every 10,000 times they play this event, something like that. But I, I think the, the realistic victors are Scotty, Patrick, Xander, Rory, and I'd say Finau, right? I mean, I went through the whole thing on the DFS preview. I, I'm not sure if Rom is that guy to kind of have a ceiling week. We can argue about that, but that's that's where I'm going for this week. Senior Senator, welcome. Says, Rick, what is the best way to build this week? Take two guys that, uh, at the top with legit shots at winning or fill up with cheap uh, salary plays or one top guy and one more mid-tier option. Okay. This is the cheat sheet at rickrungood.com. Uh, everything you see is from my website, rickrungood.com. You should go sign up. So if we go back and look uh, historically, I think that there is a decent bit of evidence to be to 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 be looking at some of the cheaper guys here. So if we go to 2021 Tour Championship, and again, you can go to the Holy Grail on my website and look at this, and we just sort by fantasy points, right? This is a fantasy point game. That's really all we care about. Kevin Na last year was $6,000 scored the third most fantasy points. Uh, Billy Horschel was 5,100 scored like the seventh most. And then Daniel Berger, who was 5,800 was also in the optimal lineup. So I believe Na, Billy Horschel and um, Daniel Berger were all in the optimal 2020 not as uh, big of a of a note for for these cheaper guys, but Sebastian Munoz was fifty nine hundred. He played well. He moved up the leaderboard, um, but that was a pretty chalky year. Mackenzie Hughes also had a good one. Then twenty nineteen, 
you look at it as well. And I think we got a very cheap, yeah, Ches Revi, $5,100 scored the third most fantasy points. And the reason for that, I think, is you're getting a situation where the salaries are almost too in line with the starting positions. And what is going to be the real value in fantasy is going to be the guys that make a significant improvement over their starting position. Can Scotty Scheffler make a significant improvement over his starting position? No, right? He can't. He's starting at first. He cannot improve on that. Um, guys like Colin Morikawa, guys like Billy Horschel, guys like KH Lee have a lot of room to improve on their positioning. So I believe the build is you get down into like the, you know, sevens and below, you get a couple of guys there. You hope you pick the right ones. And then you find the guys at the top who, if they can improve, make big improvements. So I think Patrick Cantlett is a great option. I think that um, Roy McElroy, while he'll, while he'll be popular, he could easily move up, finish second or third, or Hey, maybe he goes out, wins this thing. I think that's what you're looking for this week. Nick says, Rick, me and my buddies are brainstorming about this week. What if they changed it to all major winners start at 10 under and then stagger the start from there by points. So you get an additional benefit if you win a major championship. Um, it's not bad, I guess. I, I don't think like as a golf fan, I think that makes sense as the PGA tours crowning achievement. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to give a bigger benefit to guys that won non PGA tour events, right? Like, I just don't think they'll do that because they don't control the major championship. So why would you put a big emphasis on those in your championship? So, uh, I don't think that would happen. I pitched the idea of, um, having this start as a, this basically being a three event long, 216 hole aggregate score, right? So you take your scores from, FedEx, BMW, and Tour Championship, you add them all up, that guy wins, and you advance guys via FedEx Cup points. I have a podcast about that if you want to go hear about it. But uh, good idea, Nick, for a golf fan. I don't think the PGA Tour will ever agree to it. Matt says, okay, Rick, here we go. I'm sixth in my one and done. I need to be fifth to be in the money. Who would you use between Homa, Matsuyama, Scott, Stallings, uh, that's two different guys, and Straka? Because of score, go with Straka. Okay, so I imagine then, Matt, you are using the strokes. So if you're using the strokes, you have Homa, two under, Matsuyama, two under, Stallings, three under, Straka. Oh, you have Adam Scott, but he is, uh, he's further down than that. He's even par. And then Straka is at four under. So I think you're reasonable. I think your options are, are Scott Stallings or Seb Straka. And you have to decide whether um, is, is Scott Stallings one shot better or more than Seb Straka over four rounds. Well, we can kind of get an idea of this, right? Like we could plug Seb into the power rankings. We could plug Scott Stallings into the power rankings. Actually, I could. Use, I guess I could use my. I could use my my matrix for this. Um, and if you look at the last 24 rounds, like Scott Stallings is way better, right? This is per round. He's like two and a half shots better per round. If you look at the last eight, which last eight is the best possible version you can get of Sep Straka, these guys are nearly even. So what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Sep Straka is going to play like he, or these two guys are going to play like they have in their last eight, or they're going to play like they have in like any other time frame? 
any other time frame, this becomes a huge edge for Scott Stallings, especially over four rounds. So I'd probably go with Stallings. If we do use the matrix, I introduced this on the uh, DFS preview. So if we in, if we look at the matrix here, which this just looks at um, a lot of different things, but like you know the percentile finish needed to move up and move down. So basically, if every single golfer plays to their average. Uh, Scott uh, over the 36 round average, Scott Stallings would finish 12th. Sepp Straka would finish 28th. If you look at tw- uh, last 12 rounds, which is much more beneficial to Straka, Stallings would finish 11th. Straka would finish 22nd. I mean, I'm not even kidding. The last only the last eight rounds have been interesting for Sepp Straka. Everything else is pure kind of hot fire garbage. Um, so I think you're going. I think you're rolling with. I think you're rolling with Stallings here. At least that's what I would do and, and give up the stroke. Rick, I think Zalatoris should win the money associated with him placing based on posting a final score of his minus seven. Uh, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea, right? I mean, he starts at minus seven. He doesn't play any rounds. Why, why, why does he finish 30th? Shouldn't he just finish wherever minus seven ends up, which as Phil notes is T14. This is, um, this is the first time that we've seen injury derail a payout in this format. So if this was the old format where they did everything by FedEx cup points, he would not lose his FedEx cup points, right? Cause they don't reset. So he would just finish wherever sixth, seventh, eighth, and he would get that bonus. But because we start over and we wipe the fan, the FedEx cup points, um, this is a, it's a multi-million dollar loss for Wills Altor. So it's, it's quite unfortunate. I don't know if I have necessarily a great solution, Maybe it, maybe he does get paid for whatever minus seven is. I mean, that's not horrible, right? It, it gives him a little bit of a defense. It's not bad. Good day to the run goods. Thank you. Good day, Oliver. Thank you for another great year of Golf DFS. Thank you. Appreciate all new aspects of the website and all that you guys do to keep upping your game. Oh, there's no question here. It just says, enjoy the well-deserved break. Thank you, Oliver. Much appreciated. Uh, Rick, you're the man. Scotty's had two horrible putting performances at Eastlake. Why will this time be any different? Okay, well... Let's look into this, and I'm not sure, um, not necessarily sure this time will be different, right? But let's let's look. So let's get on the same page here. So Scotty at the Tour Championship. Let's look at his putting performances. Minus six last year, minus 2.6 in 2020. Horrible. What has he done recently? Well, he did gain a stroke putting at the BMW Championship, which by the way, I, I want to be clear. I've been railing against Scotty Scheffler's putter for the last two months. He is so good that he has been able to post unbelievable results while being an objectively worse putter than he was earlier this year. And also when he gains one stroke, he might just win the thing, right? That's how scary good he is. But it's a true fact that he's not putting nearly as well. Um, I don't know why this would be any different, right? This is a guy who's lost strokes putting in seven of his last 10, which is way worse almost a shot or more, basically a shot per round worse than the stretch earlier in 2022. It's not horrible. It's just not as good. I I, I just, I, I don't, I, I mean, if you look at this, I think you would expect, okay, Scotty loses some, Scotty's probably going to lose between two strokes putting and gaining one stroke putting this week. Like that's, that's the most likely range of outcomes. Those, those three shots right there. Hey, Rick, I was looking at different mathematical combinations based on the matrix you created. It appears that only a handful of guys can actually win the FedEx Cup. I agree. 
Please advise on lineup strategy. Then it cut you off. I think maybe strategy is what you were going with. So I, I'm I, I made this quite clear, at least in my opinion, on the Monday show. I think there are there were six guys who could win this. Um, now Will Zalatoris is out, so I, I think there's five guys. If you want to argue John Rom, here's the argument. If you give John Rom his the 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 ceiling from his last 100 rounds which benefits him because he's been better in the last 100 than he has been in the last 36, 24, 12, et cetera. So if you give him that ceiling and you say, okay, well, John Rahm uh, is going to, is going to go out and have a, hold on. Actually, I was, you can see I was already messing around with this. So 50, 50, sorry. I was obviously playing with this. That's, that's how this works. So he's going to start here. Okay. So he's at three under, so he's got to make up seven shots. John Rahm would have to have a, about a 75th percentile performance. He has to gain about 14 strokes to the field. And that assumes everyone above him plays to their average. If Scotty Scheffler goes out and plays just a little bit better than his average, he's already boxed out John Rahm, right? And that goes for basically anybody who's going to start ahead of John Rom. So you're asking for a lot of things to happen for Rom to actually win this. So um the strategy at least for fantasy purposes which is much different than who can actually win is again guys that can improve on their position and trying to get like I think playing Scotty is objectively like a bad idea. Um you know we have seen in two of the three years that we've done this the guy who ends up winning the FedEx Cup is not the guy who scored the most fantasy points. In fact, it might be three years out of three has not scored the most fantasy points. Uh, so, so I really think it's almost objectively bad to play Scotty and he might burn us and he might go out and win by seven shots and make a bunch of birdies and a couple of Eagles. And he retains his 30 points for finishing first and he just burns everybody. But I think it's kind of objectively bad to play Scotty based on what we know, three years worth of data, how this is likely to shake out the paths for other golfers. Um, and if he burns me, he burns me, right? He's had, he's had an unbelievable year. Greetings, Rick. In normal weeks, you've mentioned uh, cumulative ownership in the 30 to 60 range. What does that look like this week? Is 120 too high? Well, let's think about it, right? If you have six golfers, if every single lineup has uh, six of the top 30 golfers in it, so you're rostering 20% of the field in every single lineup. Most weeks, so last week, you know, there was probably twice as many golfers. So if you were living at 60, now you could argue 120 is bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I do think that... Um, you just want to be a little bit more selective, right? Because what we're seeing, and I'll show you the ownership that I have here, and we'll just look at the projected ownership. You know, the lowest projected ownership guy that I have right now is Cam Young, uh, 11%, which is shocking for how good of a year he's had. Matt Fitzpatrick, 13 So that's your low end of things. Then your high end of things is you, you're going to have guys that are upwards of 40%, right? Like you might have um, Aaron Wise at, 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 40% or something like that. If, if this gets, if this gets out of hand. So I think you could set your, 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 your total ownership, 100, 120, but then also maybe if you lock it, you can, you can kind of lit, if you, if you lock in like Matt Fitzpatrick, um, you could probably go higher than that because you at least have a little bit of, of, of leverage here on one particular guy. Hello, Rick. 
Thank you for another awesome year. Yes, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Also, remember, we're going to start up again in two weeks. So don't 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 get you know too comfortable with football or whatever that sport is they play. Uh, we're going to start right back up and things are going to be great. What's the farthest starting point you would look at for an outright bet? I keep buying a certain someone, someone named Finau. Yeah, I've, I've bet him, right? I'm with you there. So here, here's the, here's the path. Um, let's go back to last 36. Scotty can win it, obviously. Cantlay can win it. Uh, I believe. So hold on. And, and, and I don't want people to think that I don't like uh, Sam Burns. I talked about this on Monday. Sam Burns needs a really, really big, high ceiling week, which is something he has not had, uh, at least in his last 36, his ceiling is lower than Rory's Finau's cam Smith's Matt Fitzpatrick's cam Young's. Um, it's actually lower than JT Poston's in the last 36 rounds. So that's what I'm looking at when I'm like, man, I'm not sure I see the path for Sam Burns to get to the top of the board, right? He needs to have a really big week, right? He needs to have a a 75th percentile week and have everybody else play to their average and no one else pass him. So I, I'm not as high on Sam Burns. So Scotty, Patrick, Xander, Rory, Finau, that's it. That's what I believe um, the guys at the top are. Cam Young or Cam Smith is like honorable mention, right? Especially with, oh boy, especially with Zalatoris out. With Zalatoris out, I think, well, I mean, it's still pretty tough for Cam Smith to get there. He needs a 69th percentile performance with everyone else playing to their average. It's gaining 13 strokes to the field. Can he gain 13 strokes to the field? And obviously it's kind of hard to comp that against some larger full field events, but let's just look at it. 13 strokes to the field. Did it at the open championship fell just short. The masters did it. The players did it at the tournament of champions did it at the Northern trust. Okay. And that is, I mean, again, that assumes everyone else plays to their average. Um, Cam Smith, honorable mention. It's like five and a half guys that can win it. Hey, Rick, when's the next one and done? So I'm pl probably planning on doing two one and dones next year. Um, a full season one that will start the Fortinet and run through the BMW championship. And then the standard one that will run probably Sony to the BMW championship. I am just a glutton for punishment. I don't know why. Like I, I obviously make no money off that. Make be, be very clear. I think people, I, you know, there was a, a $3, uh, I don't even want to say a fee. There's a $3 fee for the website that hosts it. And I think some people thought that I get that money. I do not get that money. Uh, that goes straight to the website. I, I do not make money off of it, but I, I think it would be fun to have two different ones going, um, which would be cool. Any concerns about Finau's past performances at Eastlake? Let's look, let's look together. So last year, very bad. Lost four and a half strokes to the field. Uh, 2020, about broke even. 2019, he was great. 2018, he was pretty good. 2017, he was great. No, I think that's fine, right? I think that's fine. I, I think we can agree. Um, Tony Finau is a different golfer now, right? So 2018, he was he had a phenomenal year. But this is his best year since since then, since 2018, and probably the second best year of his career, at least statistically. And of course, um, with the wins, it's like definitely the best year of his career. So, so no, I would I would not be all that concerned about that.
hate to be that guy, yet here you are, but how do the payouts work for your one and done that just completed? So I'm sorry, Patrick, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be the guy here and I'm sorry. I appreciate your support, but, um, as they have always worked and as have, I've already emailed out this week, here is how they work. Um, I have to go through manually and set all the one and done payouts. It does not happen automatically. I already did that. I submitted them to League Safe. If you log into League Safe, you can vote for them and approve them. If 51% of the pool approves them, they are released immediately. If not, it takes seven days for League Safe to, to release them. Because we use that service for uh, transparency and security and so that I don't have to hold the money, there is a little bit of a lag time. That has all been communicated. Hopefully if you've been checking your emails, Patrick, uh, you've been better than most. I'll tell you because some people would email me five minutes after the BMW championship, uh, was finished wondering where their money was. Don't be that guy, but Patrick, thank you. Does the custom model take into consideration the starting strokes? Uh, no, but you could always upload a file and, and do that yourself. What Rick, what challenges would you like to see in the new TGL stadium tour? I'm hoping it has a nineties, two thousands NFL quarterback challenge vibe. Yeah. A lot of news coming today, right? Tiger and Rory are going to do in arena stuff. Um, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I, I think they could use both like TrackMan simulator stuff. Plus like, you know, cause an arena, even an arena is not big enough for multiple holes, right? So they're going to have to get really creative on technology here. So I would like to see, yeah, closest to the pin in a lot of situations. You could have putting contests. You could have long drives. You could use the sim. Um, yeah, I haven't really thought too much about it, but I think it's going to be fun. You mentioned that Finau could win because he has the ability to gain a lot of strokes to the field based on his performances this year. Should strength of field matter when considering that metric? Well, you could use weighted strokes gained, right? So let's look at that. Let's go to the power rankings. Let's look at everybody in this field over the last, um, let's do view weighted and let's go back like all, all year, right? Hold on a second. Let me get my stuff in order here. When I share my screen, I always get a little, uh, here we go. Okay. So view as average. Here we go. Okay. So I want like 50 rounds because you got to be able to get a lot of weighted stuff in there. Um, and we could even do a hundred. That would basically be like the entire year. Okay. John Rahm is one in weighted stroke skates. I, I will admit Finau gets a knock here. He's 20th in weighted stroke skate. So I guess that would be the only concern, but I mean, strokes gained is also fairly dependent on the golf course. You know, are a lot of big numbers out there that can kind of skew the scoring average. Um, hmm. I don't know how I, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I would have to go and look at it a little bit more, but Tony definitely gets, gets hurt when it comes to strength of field things. Could we implement your March madness strategy this week? Game theory, heavy and less my picks centric. Yeah. Uh, how would we best do that? Um, it's definitely like a heavy game theory week, game theory this week, match play, uh, definitely like a heavy game theory week because you're rostering so many of the guys and ownership percentages are so important. Um, 
I'm trying to think if we could relate it back to Man- March Madness in some way. Well, you could you could create almost like an expected value, right? And say X percent of the time, this golfer is going to receive the 30 point bonus, the 20 point bonus, the 18, the 16, so on and so forth. And then kind of calculate it out from there based on what we think the ownership is going to be of those golfers. I would need a few hours to dive into that, but um, that has me cooking. The other thing that has me cooking is the short field for jock market, which is something that I've been looking at. So if you go back and look at the tour championship from last year, which this is stock market DFS, I honestly think love the guys over at jock market. I think they get a little bit exposed on smaller field events um, where the payouts are much more favorable to us. So like, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but you could almost buy, you know, buying a share of every single golfer, I think could be profitable this week. Uh, just, I don't have all the numbers in front of me. I'm still looking into it, but that's something I've been kind of chatting with a couple of other people about. So, so anyway, jock market DFS, um, or stock market DFS on the jock market, you, you bid on shares of golfers. You can do it right now. The IPO for this event closes at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And basically, you're playing the shadow leaderboard, uh, which is actually a little bit more interesting in some cases. So like Billy Horschel was awesome last year. Kevin Na was awesome last year. Uh, just use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. You can go play this. Get set up for tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of value in this market. Hey, Rick, year-long earnings pool. $1 million back. Current team of Scotty, Xander, Roy, Sungjae out on Cantlay mostly due to course fit. Am I making a massive mistake? Eli? Eli Frendo? Um, why? Is he not our reigning FedEx Cup champion? I understand that he hadn't played well at Eastlake before that, but let's look at this. He was horrible before that, but he won- he gained like six strokes last year. Yeah, okay. Gained six strokes last year. Gained three strokes off the tee, three on approach, zero around the greens. I could not ask for a better performance from a guy, basically. Um, now, he didn't you know, necessarily have to go out and shoot something crazy because he was already two shots clear, but that's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to kind of forgive this, right? Especially because that stuff's from 19, 18, and 17. He's like a way better golfer now. So I would not necessarily rule out Patrick Cantlay based on that. How do you get unique without making a lineup that has no chance? Uh, Leave money on the table. Right? Right? Play three guys under 7K or whatever, under 6,500. I think that's the way. Seems easy to say that Rory is more likely to make a run, but let's be honest, Rom's current form gives more confidence. Interesting. Can Rory turn the putter around to make a big jump? Let's do this. I mean, there's not like, like I'm actually, this is what I love about this event is that um, it really does create a lot of, like a lot of strategy and a lot of really good questions. So let's look at John Rom v. Rory McIlroy, because Eli's assumption here is that uh, Rom's current form gives him more confidence. Let's look at the last eight rounds. Can I do that? I might have a filter on for this. No, I can't. Okay. So Rom's been better in the last eight and Rory's been a horrific putter in those last eight. Last 12, Rory's better. Last 16, Rory's way better. Last 20, Rory's way, way better. Last 24, Rory crushes him, right? So we're looking at the last eight. 
That's the only thing Rom wins. And Rory is losing nearly a, a stroke putting while in the midst of his best putting season, the best putting season of his career. In fact, I'd argue, um, let's just do this. I mean, we're here. We're here for this, right? I got time. You got time. You're here for it. Let's look at strokes gained by tournament. Uh, I don't know what we're going to find here. So <laughs> let's, let's do this together. Let's do Rory and Rom. By the way, if you hold control or command, uh, you can select multiple people and just do T to green, best T to green performances of the season. Rory has five of the top six. Isn't that what we want? I don't know. I, I, I think John Rom's fascinating. I don't think I can agree with the sentiment uh, that he is more, he is giving me more confidence than, than, than Rory McIlroy is. I'm not sure I can get there. Rick, happy Wednesday. Thank you. I have two top guys, Finau, and I'm trying to fit more cow in. Yeah, like that. What are your recommendations to fill out or change the lineup? Uh, David, appreciate your support. I'm not going to spend your money. I don't let you spend mine. I like both those guys. Fill it out with guys you're comfortable with. Do you think wise is that an advantage or disadvantage playing solo tomorrow? I wish I had that information. I think generally it's probably a disadvantage. Um, I watched Emiliano Grillo play a couple of holes after Will Zaltoris withdrew last week and I was on site in Wilmington and he just looked very uncomfortable. I'll be honest with you. It looked like he was spending a lot more time taking reads on things that he normally wouldn't and he knows he has to play slow because he's in between groups. At least Aaron Wise will be out front, but um I think it's just a little weird. And I think he probably I think it's I don't think it's one way or the, another, but if you made me pick, I think it's a little bit of a disadvantage. Hi, Rick. Outside of the top five, whom you mentioned as outright bets to win, what other outrights would you sprinkle? Um, so I would. So I think what I ended up doing for um, for the non-starting stroke market, that's where I would sprinkle this stuff, right? You know, you could get really frisky with like the eighty to one Scott Stallings. Um, you know, Sepp Straka, believe it or not, like as much as I do not like Sepp Straka this week. He's like 150 or 200 to one without starting strokes in a 29 player field. That's wrong. That's wrong. He will win the non-starting stroke version way more often than that. I mean, he won a full field event this year, right? Um, so he should not be 200 or 150 to one or whatever it is now. Uh, Morikawa, I love without starting strokes. I bet Fitzpatrick without starting strokes. And I bet, uh, I think I did bet Stallings. That's, I mean, Poston is actually kind of interesting as well, right? Like Poston's been very, very good as of late and without starting strokes, you're getting a really good number on it. You said, ask anything thoughts on today's student loan forgiveness announcement. Um, I didn't see the full thing, but I thought, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, $20,000 up to, I think there was an income limit, 120, which also, uh, I think it depends on what type of grant that you have. And then I also saw that um, it's being paused until repayments being paused, I think, until January. So I think that's the gist of it that I have. Um, I think it's a, I think that in general, most people don't like that other people are getting forgiveness on things that they paid for. It's understandable. However, I tend to think that um, student loans or debt in general is, much more impactful in other sectors than just saying, I have 
$100,000 of student debt or I have $20,000 of student debt. There, there's pretty clear evidence that um, having that debt stops you from doing other things, right? Stops you from spending, stops you from buying a home, which hurts the housing market, stops you from potentially uh, securing higher education, which I think we can all agree a highly educated society is generally a good thing, right? I mean, there, I, I think there are larger ramifications throughout everything than someone being forgiven $20,000 of debt. Like, I'm not going to get upset about that if it allows for spending and people to have, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't particularly have an issue with that. So great. Awesome. Doesn't, doesn't impact me whatsoever. Um, I I've paid off my student loans. I'm certainly not going to besmirch someone who is going to get a little bit of forgiveness. All good. We can, we can all do this thoughts on Adam Scott. Uh, yeah. So I think Adam Scott, uh, along with Aaron wise are, are two of the likely candidates to be, like the highest owned golfers. Um, Adam Scott is proving the get hot at the right time model, right? We saw Billy Horschel do this a couple of years ago. He hasn't won a playoff event, but when you go T5, T5, and he started, remember, he started outside the top 70 in Memphis. So he played his way into the BMW championship. And then he's, I think he started outside the top 30 uh, in Wilmington. So he's played his way into both of these events, which is really, really impressive stuff. I still... I still see a stat profile that I'm not particularly thrilled with. You know, he 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 just finds a way to get it done. He's not um, dominant in one aspect every single week. He is not horrible in one aspect every single week, and he just finds a way to get it done. We can look up his tour championship stuff or his East Lake stuff because he's probably played this event about a million times, right? Um, let's see. So, oh, actually, hasn't been here since 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good record, right? He gained strokes on the field in his last three trips to East Lake, even though they are over eight years. I I don't mind this at all. I just I think he's going to be quite popular, and then Aaron Wise is probably going to be the other guy. But this is this is reasonable, and this is a, a hot golfer at the right time. Um, yeah. So like, here's here's TJ. Biden just canceled my student debt, so I have some extra cash. Like, great. That's awesome. Like, I'm stoked for TJ. Right? I'm not going to be upset with TJ. That's awesome. Uh, and he wants to spend, he wants to spend it on bets. Like, how can I be upset about that? What are your favorite value plays to finish top 10 without strokes? Okay. So let me pull up my cheat sheet so I can see where these guys are start. Oh, like, oh no, sorry. Without strokes. Okay. So without strokes inside the top 10, Ooh, and value, um, Poston almost certainly. Right. And then I think Sahith is interesting. Sahith, was horrendous off the tee last week, but, uh, he's usually a gainer and he kind of just like show, I, I don't, I don't know the, the term for it. Like he rises to the occasion, something like that. Like when, when he is being asked to do something, uh, he gets it done a lot and, and he finds himself in contention, really high ceiling, really high, uh, low floor type of golfer. So those would be two that, that come to mind. What do we trust more, putting on Bermuda um, or course history? Well, Matt, I'll let you decide, and we'll see if we can find um, maybe an intersection between the two. So let's say, okay, so let's go, let's just go like last five years at Eastlake. I think that's much more reasonable than looking at like everything. So let's do last five at Eastlake. Um, Xander, number one, Adam Scott, only four rounds, number two, Rory, JT, John Rahm, Victor, Scotty Scheffler, Aaron Wise, Billy Horschel. Actually, Billy Horschel is pretty interesting too. Um, playing well, all that fun stuff. And then let's do last 
five years of what was it? Putting on Bermuda. Okay. Uh, putting on Bermuda and we'll do putting on Bermuda. So who else? Okay. So Billy Horschel kind of shows up on both of those lists. Not a lot of other overlap, right? Xander's eighth on Bermuda, but was great at, at East Lake. There's really not a lot of overlap here. Adam Scott, like 12th. That's kind of interesting. So if I'm, if I'm going back and forth between them correctly, Billy Horschel might be that guy. If I only had to choose one, I would say Eastlake. This is always, I always love these questions. This is such a good question, Jared. I get that ownership is always important, but in an event like this, where it's likely the winning lineup is duped, should we even worry about it? So Jared is saying where I'm so much more likely to be duped. Shouldn't I just put myself in a position to be duped more? And I would look at that and say, in a scenario which you are so much more likely to be duped, shouldn't I try even harder not to be? I don't know the right answer, Jared. Um, I will try not to be duped. I I think that there is going, I think this is a, a much larger conversation around what is likely to be a winning lineup versus what is likely to be an optimal lineup. And obviously they're much closer this week with only 29 golfers in the field. But I think when you start looking through the lens of optimal lineups versus winning lineups, uh, I think you'd end up working really hard about being, about being um, unique. Rick, curious how you usually typically fare doing tournament for DFS purposes or this tournament or something you typically do differently. Um, it's actually funny. I was just looking through, I can't remember what year it was, but, um, I, I created a video. This was years and years ago. I created a video. I actually created a blog post about it. I had max entered this event, um, 150 lineups. I was in the thick of it. I actually, if you guys remember, I'd have to go back and look. Henrik Stenson made like a 60 foot bomb on 18 that moved him from like third to second. I think that cost me like a hundred grand. Right. And I, I ended up, um, that moved me, it moved like Bubba Watson down or something like that, but he made, made a bomb putt that meant nothing on the 72nd hole. And it cost me a lot of money. So I think, um, in general, if you're going to play this, uh, you need to find ways to be different. I, I mean, I know that it's the same thing as every week. It goes back to the con the con comment that Jared had. I think you just have to work harder at being different this week. And whether that is three cheap guys or a couple of low-owned guys or leaving $3,000 on the table, I think it's advantageous for you to do that. How do we feel about Cam Smith? Well, I got a report on the ground um, that said, and I quote, hold on. <laughs> Rough is not as thick as I expected, but still lush in spots. Golf course is wet. The ball is not rolling at all. Greens are immaculate. JT Poston called them, quote, the best greens we've seen all year. The rough is very inconsistent. Um, lots of big flyers. I'm, I'm looking at a photo of two golf balls in the same spot where one is sitting up and one is sitting very much down. Um, I would say playing out of the fairway is going to be critical. What we know about Cam Smith is that he uh, struggles to find fairways when things start going sideways, but he's able to get it done in a lot of different ways. I'm like a six out of 10 in terms of excitement on Cam Smith. I think that, um, you know, I just added him to like the, the five and a half golfers that I think can actually win this thing. And if he can keep the ball in play, he's super, super dangerous. That's, that's what I'm going to ask of him. Keep the ball in play. What has he done here at Eastlake? Can we look at that together? Because I think that would be quite interesting. 
Uh, Cam Smith, 12 rounds. Hasn't been good. And I wonder if that is because he struggles at ac with accuracy. And these are the last two years. He lost, I mean, he's lost stroke. He's never gained strokes off the tee here. I, 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 maybe I would downgrade that to five out of 10. That worries me a little bit, especially based on what I've, what I've heard. Whoops. Lost my spot. Hold on. Let me get back to it. Scotty isn't the type of player that will play this safe though. He's going to still play his game and try to score. I think great. Then you should play Scotty. Um, that's awesome. Any fun narratives you like this week? You could always go with the Georgia, the Georgia guys, but no, I don't think so. Rick, what's your ideal stack with the top plays price so high? It's impossible to stack the top and still have enough salary to cover value. I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me, but I mean, I'm willing to go pretty low on this board. So I think maybe um, an ownership ownership considered the best stack, Cantlay, and then um, like Matt Fitzpatrick. I think I like that a lot. Any news on Hideki regarding an injury? No, I haven't heard a thing. Seems to be fine. Liking him as a pivot. I have him at 14%, which is about as low as you're going to get in this thing. And certainly lower than guys like Corey Connors and Colin Morikawa who are just below him, who are going to be twice the ownership. So yes, I think that is uh, interesting. Is Tom Hoagie playable? This is kind of the million dollar question, right? Is, is Hoagie or Sepp Straka playable? Um, I... I mean, you could make a case for any one of 29 guys, especially with how cheap he is and his ability to move up. But man, this is about as bad of a stat profile as you can get. Um, he's hemorrhaging strokes everywhere. He popped at the 3M Open. He popped at the PGA Championship. Otherwise, it's been heinous. I just could not imagine rostering this guy. And I love Tom Hogan. I've played a lot of him this year. Um, but that that's that's troublesome. It's probably his first, yeah, it's his first time to East Lake. I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm sorry, Tom. I would love to play. I just don't see it. Highest ceiling below 6,900. Uh, well, I can probably just tell you, right? I don't have to necessarily guess at this. So if we look at their data for the last 30, last 36, is that good? Lincoln, I, I like last 36. Um, under 6,900 would be the highest ceiling. So that's like here would be KH Lee and JT Poston. Pretty significantly, by the way, compared to those other guys. Uh, that's pure ceiling because they also have lower floors. But that's the answer. Any complete fades? I I will, I, I mean, complete, if you play a lot of lineups, you're probably not completely fading anybody in a 29 player field. But like, I will be, if I will be burned if Scotty Scheffler wins this thing. Sorry, that's not true. I will be burned if Scotty Scheffler is the highest fantasy producer. I won't be burned if he wins it because you, he might finish sixth in fantasy points um, and he can still win the FedEx Cup. If Scotty Scheffler wins or if Scotty Scheffler is the highest uh, fantasy scorer, I'm screwed. I probably will not play Sepp Straka. I probably will not play Tom Hoagie. Um, I think everyone else is, obviously, if you're playing more lineups, but like those are the guys that I just probably will not have any. If you had to lock one person into 100% of your lineups, who would it be? I think this is interesting because if you're playing literally 100%, you can almost out-chalk the chalk. So someone like a Colin Morikawa becomes a lot more interesting because you are now out-chalking the chalk. But I think if we look at this, let me look at the cheat sheet here. 
one golfer uh, in 100% of lineups, all things considered. I mean, I'm a sucker for Tony. Uh, 16% projected ownership, 9,600. He's not overly expensive. He has a lot of room to move up the board. That's not bad. Although I'm actually shocked. If, if, if you guaranteed me that Cantlay comes in at 19.7, it might be him, right? Because he could legitimately win this. He probably does. Even if he plays poorly, he probably doesn't fall that far. So I would say it's either Xander, or excuse me, it's either Cantlay, Finau, or Morikawa. I believe is the answer to that question. Um, we did. I, I answered a lot of these, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going, which is good. Any way to start a lineup with Scheffler and Cantlay? I just don't see a way to build starting with both of them. Uh, yeah, you'd have to dip down pretty far. If we bet a player without strokes, does that mean no strokes will be counted for no golfers or just the player we select for no golfers? It just says what their raw score is. Um, hey, Rick, considering the amount of guys in the field this week, do you foresee a bunch of ties for the top spots? Uh, I think last year it was only two guys that won the big event. I think it it's it's going to de- it's going to depend on what the optimal is. If the optimal is very very chalky, if the optimal is Xander, JT, Morikawa, Stallings, Aaron Wise, uh, 150 people are going to split the top prize. If it's you know Cantlay, uh, Cam Young. Hideki, there might be a solo winner. So unfortunately, that's probably quite dependent on who actually becomes the optimal. Um, There's just some crosstalk here. Uh, Leaning towards a top guy with Xander or Cantlay. Cantlay starting at eight, Xander starting at six. Does that factor into your decision making? Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, between these two? Yeah, no, I would start with Cantlay. Right. I mean, like I would prefer Cantley. He has two shots on Xander. They're both great. Um, Cantley outdueled him last week and he's the defending champ. Like, I don't, I, I think that's, I think that's the guy. Oh, I'm getting now to the responses. Oh, good. Oh, good. I got to the political comments now. I'm stoked about that. Jim says game in 2024. No. It does impact you through your taxes. Sure. It, like everything does, right? There's a lot of stuff I don't want my taxes to go to that they're going to. So yeah, like I, I get it. It's it's not a zero sum game. Things can be good, bad, or somewhere in between. Oh, I love the political commentary. I'm so glad we brought this up. Um, okay. This is the last thing I'll say about this. Uh if this is true, which I don't know if it's true, which I think Eli is implying that it's going to cost $2,100 per taxpayer uh, in an increase for this forgiveness, maybe I'm privileged or whatever. If I can pay $2,100 and TJ can have his student debt gone and a lot of people can get a lot of relief and help that they might need, happy to do it, right? 
we pay taxes for a reason. We want them to go to good things, right? We want our roads to be good. Uh, we want like, we like, don't we want a great society? I'm like, I, I'm going to pay taxes. I want them to go to good things to help people. I don't think that's like a hot political take. On DK is having Rory than everyone else at three under or worse tossing money away. Okay, let's look. Um, and we'll do this by starting stroke here. So Rory at four under than everyone else at three. Well, let's look back at previous years. I think that's the way to do it, right? Because let's look at last year and sort this by salary. So this isn't going to be perfect, but it'll be kind of in line with what the starting strokes were. Um, I mean, look, I mean, there's a look at the high priced guys that like just did not, I mean, Rom and Cantlay were great and JT was, was good. But you're talking about Bryson being very expensive and underperforming. Tony Finau being very expensive and underperforming. Um, DJ at his price, Jordan Spieth, Cam Smith. I mean, guys that that you'd expect more points from. So I, I don't, I don't think this is like, a, and that's just one year. But I don't think it's horrible. If Roy, in that scenario, if Roy wins it, like you're the man. Um, no, I'm sorry. If Roy's the highest earning golfer, you're the man. And everybody else has a spot to move up. Like, I don't hate that. Hey, Rick, due to field size, does that make this a better than usual week to play some parlays for finishing position? Interesting. Possibly less people tied and having to dead heat rule. Hey, Rick, I don't know if I understand this, Chris. Hey, Rick, due to the field size... Does that make this a better than usual week to play some parlays for finishing position? Possibly less people tied and having to dead heat rule. Um, <laughs> I think I'm following the logic. Maybe a little bit better. I, I I don't I don't know that for sure, but I'm following the logic. Here you go. Andy says. Uh, Cantlay and DJ won from the pole position the last two years, and neither was in the optimal lineup. So why would anyone bother putting Scotty in their lineup? That's kind of the idea that I have. And I think eventually, as and this is only the fourth year, as eventually as we go through this, the, we are going to get a time where the most expensive golfer does become the highest fantasy scorer. That's going to happen at some point. But for Scotty to do that, he is going to have to almost play against his own incentives right? Scotty Scheffler, believe it or not, does not care about our fantasy lineups. And Ted Scott, maybe the best caddy on tour right now, will be guiding him through rounds based on his position on the FedEx Cup leaderboard. And when you don't need to take on any risk, why would you? Um, and when you have guys who are going to try to chase you down and try to make a ton of money in the process, who are going to take on a lot more risk and hopefully provide you with a lot more reward, I'm much more interested in that. And at least recent evidence, or at least the format evidence, um, I, 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 I just think playing Scotty's pretty bad. I think it's pretty bad. And maybe he's the guy who's going to burn us this year. Maybe it's so-and-so next year or year after. And it's going to burn us eventually. I think playing Scotty's pretty bad. Do head-to-head matchups this week include starting strokes? So uh, check with your book of choice. The most most of the ones that I saw, yes, they do. And most of them that I saw, they're they're starting guys at the same like they're two guys at three under are pitted against each other, two guys at four under, so on and so forth. But 
in general, and also if you look at the odds, you'll know. So like if you see a Scotty Scheffler versus Patrick Cantlay and Scotty Scheffler is like minus 220 or something, like that's definitely including the strokes. Odds that Reed, DJ, Sergio, Bubba tee it up at Augusta next spring. Uh, well, considering they're all past champions, I think it's pretty good. Um, outside of that, I don't think those live guys are going to play. I think that they're... Um, I think the OWGR is going to kill those guys. Uh, so so let me just be clear on this because I don't know how clear I was. I think I have five wagers in. And I put these in earlier this week. So let me just confirm. I'm just going to pull it up real quick. I think I have two with strokes and three without strokes, but I could be wrong. Wrong. Uh, oh, you know what? Circa did not have without strokes yet. Uh, do they have it yet? No, they don't. So I only have I only have bets in. I'm gonna have to find a different book. Sorry, Circa. I have Cantlay and Fee now in with strokes. Without strokes, I will bet. Um, I'll have to probably pull up Caesars. I'll bet. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Morikawa, Victor. I always bet Victor, and then probably like JT Poston, something like that. Thoughts on Homa? We haven't talked about Max Homa yet. I'm quite concerned about I, I play Max Homa over Tom Hoagie or some of these other guys, but I am quite concerned about Max Homa. Um, five straight events that he's lost strokes on approach. When's the last time he's done that? Well, I can tell you it was like right here, the end of 2020. It's been two years. For a guy who was at one time the best ball striker on the PGA Tour this year for an extended period of time, this is very concerning to me. He's never played at East Lake. I'm worried. Um, I would rather play him over some of the other guys because I think he'll find it like he'll just get it done. He can make it up in some other ways, but that is concerning to me. Uh, who is our meanest pick? She'll text me. Hey, Rick, I feel like you used to have FanDuel ownership once upon a time. Any reason you stopped? Uh, do you ever play on FanDuel? I, I don't. Um, the data is harder to get. Less people play on it. And when I used to offer that stuff, no one cared and no one used it. So if that changes, I'd be happy to. If FanDuel wants to reach out and uh, help me get access to an API or something like that, more than happy to. Uh, I don't have anything against it. I just, it just, it's harder to do. And uh, Mina's going with, quote, Scott, easy money. Shameful. Um, oh, good. Now I'm getting to the second set of political comments, uh, which is always, always a fun time. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, these are good. Um. <laughs> You guys are great. Best selection in the $7,200 to $8,100 range. Uh, yes. Let's look. 81 to 72. So that's Sepp Straka to Hideki Matsuyama. So without considering like ownership, I think Morikawa, Connor, Scott Stallings, all very interesting. Um, also, by the way, is there a chance they roll out preferred lies on, on Thursday? It's wet there. And PJ Tour loves that. If they do, it's more cow and Connor season. I'll tell you that for free. Outside of that, um, those are the obvious ones. Could you play Jordan? Could you play Jordan Speed? It's been this. We're, we're like fifty-five minutes into. The, oh, actually, I got to go soon. We're fifty-five minutes into this, and we have not talked about Jordan Speed. I worry about this stat profile, but. 
if there was ever a guy that you don't need to um, like have a lot of information on and just hope he finds the magic for the week, it, it would be speed. And outside of that really horrible like punt that he had on Saturday or Sunday, uh, I think it was Saturday, I guess, like he was in the mix for two and a half rounds. But that's a high risk, high reward thing. Uh, I've answered a lot of these and I've obviously upset, uh, quite a few people based on my horrible take of improving people's lives. Mm, gimmicky idea field starts with the same score. Top five started forward tees. Next five go back to the next tee so on. And then he says, if you make a birdie, you move forward. Up, uh, Yes. Yes, that is gimmicky, but I appreciate it. Uh, I don't understand this. Where Rick, where the plant is behind you wound be the perfect spot for that pong game. Oh, okay. Yes, I agree. This plant, replace it with that pong game. Yes, I'm in. Where can I find info on joining Rick one and done never played before? Well, good news for you. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know, uh, I will tweet something out soon. Uh, um, <laughs> this one just says political comment, which I actually really appreciate. All right. I got to go do an emergency pod for the first cut on all this stuff that has happened today, but let me see if I can find one more good one here. Um, all right. We'll just end on this. I like Sahith. We'll just do that. All right. Let's, let's, let's look at Sahith. So I think he's starting at even cause he got in like 28th, 29th. This to me, this strokes gained off the tee that he lost 5.9 last week. It was very, very ugly. I'm not super concerned about it. He's generally a very good driver of the golf ball. And in fact, the 5.9 that he lost at the BMW championship was the worst of his career. Very young career, but that is like probably unlikely to happen again. Then you look at his approach numbers and while a bit inconsistent, um, the fact that he can gain three, four, five, six strokes on approach is very, very exciting. Short game stout and the putter's hot. So the, 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 the path for success for Sahith, I actually think is quite wide. Uh, and it really just requires him to keep the ball and play off the tee. That's really all I'm asking for, which is something that he may or may not be able to do, but I'm not asking him to do X, Y, and Z. I'm just asking him to do X. Okay. I love you all. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care where your taxes go. I don't care how you spend your money because I'm not going to let you spend mine. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in and talking golf. I will be doing a live show tonight with Joe Idoni, Jock Market Power Hour. If you want to come play stock market DFS, you want to get you want to get all tangled up in the market. All good. Uh, otherwise, go to rickrungood.com, sign up. There'll be content over the course of the next couple of weeks. I'll be making some significant upgrades to the website. I will, um, I'll just be excited about, it. I'll be doing some deeper dive stuff into like one and done strategy. Keep an eye out for that one and done announcement. Hopefully coming the next couple of days, give you time to get signed up for that. But yeah, have a great day. Don't get too riled up about anything that you can't control. Enjoy yourselves. I'll talk to you soon. Later.